Hello and welcome to Really Well Women with me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started. So in this podcast, we're going to look at mindset and we're going to really break this subject down because it's used a lot and sometimes it can be overused, if you know what I mean. So with that, Sarah and I are going to talk about how instrumental it is, how important it is for all areas of our life, be it personal, business, our lifestyle choices. Um, But what I thought I'd do, first of all, Sarah, is just kind of think of like a a basic definition of mindset and then we can work with that really. So I was thinking about this discussion and I thought that mindset really is like a collection of thoughts and beliefs that, that start to just affect our mental attitude, the way that we look at the world, the lens we look at and how, in a sense, we perceive things. So our situations and circumstances are very heavily influenced by our mindset, isn't it? I mean, perception and mindset, they just blend in together really absolutely and i think that's what it is is it's fundamentally how you see the world it's as we've talked about so many times it's so fascinating to us how you can have the exact same situation and people perceive it completely differently and that is mindset right like that Mm -hmm. is the way that you are going about your life and it's also going to be the things that you include or exclude from what you think you're capable of it's absolutely. And, and I've got this little saying that's always in the back of my head and I've even got it laminated in the kitchen so we can all see it here at work. Um, and it's from Dr. Wayne Dyer because I, I love a lot of his quotes. And he basically says, it all begins with how you choose to think. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's so true, isn't it really? It's, it's if we stop before we actually jump into something and then just start to use the rational part of our brain Uh, things can change and the circumstances and the outcomes can be very, very different. (laughs) Absolutely. And I I always joke with my patients that I'm a little bit addicted to self-help, but I'm like, I have two therapists and a life coach, so I'm with you. But I feel like it's so important for me to have those things because I can tell them a story or a situation that I'm struggling with and they can reflect back to me something completely different and a different perspective and a different approach to thinking about that, that can completely change everything about the situation. Um, And that's, I feel like that's what we do, but that's also what we have to do in order to get through our businesses and in order to incorporate all of the healthy approaches that we take in our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Because I think the same about my mentor as well, that sometimes I'll say something and, you know, I've, you can sometimes ruminate on these things, can't you? And then I'll say it to him and he'll stand there and or sit there and just look at me very objectively and then come out with a question. And I'm like, Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. You know? Or you didn't want to think of it like that. And yeah, this like, could be a bit of that. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's right. And he's very calm. And I think, mm, yeah. And then I always say, you know, you're right again. He's always hearing me say, you're right again, because it's true. Sometimes we just need that extra bit of support to say, can I just ask you looking at it from this angle? Um, And it kind of makes me think, um, I was talking to my husband about this last night and we were talking before we started recording that uh, there's this chap called Viktor Frankl and um, he's a survivor of the um, Holocaust and he came out with this statement. I'm just going to read it because it's so good. And he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. 
In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I just thought from a man who's been through so much, his mindset could have really shifted, you know, with the trauma that would have been from that time. But he, he still used the, the parts of his brain that are for emotional intelligence and focus, awareness, concentration, to really just stop and realize that actually there is that space. And it's what we do. If we allow that time, that better space, how things can be very different, really. It's, it's, it's thinking before we either react or respond. And I think that's true too. Like oftentimes mindfulness and mindset go hand in hand and they get brought together, but that's because we are so freaking busy in today's day and age that we're pushing through. And we've all had those experiences where something happens and you don't think and you respond and you regret that response. But I also think that in the day-to-day hustle and bustle, we do that with making decisions about what we're going to eat, right? And like mindset is taking that moment of mindfulness and choosing to have the identity of someone who eats healthy, right? Someone who makes a choice that's going to fuel their body. And it's not healthy or unhealthy. You can be healthy with a high carb diet, low carb diet, paleo diet, vegan diet, whatever you want, right? It's not about what you're eating. It's about the perspective that you take in that moment and about how you identify as a person. And I think mindset has so much to do with that identity too. And I I see that with people all the time. If they identify with someone who cannot make a change or they identify as a victim, right? Like this, this gentleman had the opportunity to identify as a victim and he's chosen to have a different mindset and a different perspective. And I think it's just so powerful. And I've been in those places in my life where the identity that I was holding is not one that was helpful. And I really needed to change that and change my mindset in order to achieve what I wanted to achieve and fundamentally get where I am today. Yeah. And it's constant. It's a constant change, isn't it? And shifts. And it really depends. I mean, you, you know, recently with having little Ben, bless him, he's, um, you know, your whole life has changed completely. And it's the same as when we emigrated to Australia. It's, we speak the same language, but cultures and mindsets are very different and you have to keep adapting and changing. And I mean, we know through neuroplasticity and, and also bioplasticity that our bodies and our brains, they're changing all the time. And it's just, are we, are we malleable? Are we moldable? Are we uh, willing to adjust and change? Or are we going to be very rigid and, and stay regimented in our thoughts and beliefs? Because as time goes on, things change. And when we have mentors that come in and they challenge us, as much as it's uncomfortable to go there, sometimes you think, hmm, that's because I've been taught this way as I thought it was correct. But then when someone opens something else out, you realize how much, actually, maybe I could look at it in that way. Yeah. Without that sounding too vague, but do, do you no, see where it's I'm going that? Yeah. It's fundamentally about having a growth mindset. Yes, right. right? Absolutely. It's about believing that you can change and think about things differently and not feeling fixed in that moment. Like that's that's what all of we're gonna talk about includes, which is why we're talking about mindset first, right? Because you need yeah. to believe that you can think about things differently or do things differently and that they're not hard, right? No. It's that's I always I tell people that I love everyone in the entire world. I am that type of person, but the I'm finers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? That fundamentally believe that they cannot be any different and that no one, nothing needs to be any different. And where the way they are is fine. They're like, I'm fine. It's fine. No, I don't want to change. It's fine. It's fine. That yeah. type of mindset makes it really, really difficult to yeah. 
improve and to achieve what you want to achieve if you're stuck in a rut there. And, and also I, I put in there that when somebody's saying they're fine, I then in, in a way that we could say is, can we just uh, challenge that a little bit? Because sometimes that can actually just be a defensive mechanism, is it? I just don't want to go there. Always. Uh, I'm, <laughs> shutting, I'm shutting down. And you see it in their, their um, appearance as well, in their body language. It's like, I'm fine. I'm not going there you know sticking their hand out speak to the hand type of thing so and that's the thing is that it's uh with this that we obviously want to just um it's kind of like just um coaxing and encouraging people to question things a little bit more uh our belief systems are so strong and that's our core values as well but looking and just seeing that things aren't black and white in life and that actually um yeah just 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 challenge people um and that's just made me think because in my area of, because I've got lots of different therapies, but within uh, being a clinical somatic educator, I talk a lot about mindset with movement. And there's an area of our brain, which I love talking about, and it's called the reticular activating system or RAS for short. And I often will say to people, um, you know, when you, if you've ever done this, Sarah, when you, you're interested in a car and you start doing all this research and then all and of a sudden all you, you see, see is the car <laughs> exactly exactly and that's the thing because your reticular activating system has become so focused on that car you see opportunities everywhere for it um and so it's it's also the same as like if you're in a noisy room and there's a lot of people at a party say and there's somebody across the room and you're thinking i want to know exactly what they're saying if you focus long enough you can actually start to pick up key words that they're saying and that's that reticular activating system kicking in again so it's really smart because what it does is it filters in, it, through our lens and through what we're noticing in life to what we think is relevant or what we believe or what we want to see. And so the expression, what you focus on grows is coming from the reticular activating system. And, and that's where it is. So we may believe very strongly in a certain way. And so our RAS has been conditioned and trained just to look for that. But if we stand back and then start just considering different options, it starts to make things a bit more open and we start to consider other options or other people's thoughts. And then it actually makes our physical, emotional, and mental health a bit easier because sometimes that whole perfectionism can get very much tied into that mm -hmm. um, and, and unrealistic high standards and it wears people down. Which is why I love me some Brene Brown. Um, and ladies, this is why we are friends, because she brings me to that place and is like, have you considered what you're focusing on in this moment? <laughs> but it's so true. It's so yeah. true, right? And I love that car example because it brings you back to, like, we've all done that, right? Or you, you find a song that you either love or dislike, and then that's the only song you feel like you hear. And we can do that in our lives. Like, we can we can broaden our awareness and we can see these opportunities everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing. We can see the opportunities and it's also just allowing ourselves a little bit of slack, you know, so that if we do see something that we don't um, almost verbally or, you know, with our internal dialogue, beat ourselves up. I was only, I was holding a workshop a few weeks ago um, and it was to practitioners. And I just said to them, sometimes, you know, the stuff that we say to ourselves internally if you said that to somebody in the street, it's a form of abuse. Somebody would actually take you to one side and say, how dare you talk to someone like that? And yet we can do that quite easily for ourselves. And that really starts to erode our mindset, um, our self-worth. We start to question everything. And, and that's why we decided to put mindset first, didn't we? For that whole reason, basically, because if we can get our mindset correct, everything else starts to flow and it's not always going to be correct we've as we've said we've had ups and downs in life and we will continue to 
but it's having these this knowledge and education and empowerment we we're all doing this together yeah, 100%. And it's funny you say that because um, <laughs> as much as people hate me for this, I have become the limiting belief person in meetings. And so it's so true. And you can do this with your friends. So this is a take-home activity that you guys can do. But when you hear someone say something that is a limiting belief, like, for example, this is just an easy example, but, oh, I can't drink enough water or I don't like the flavor of water, limiting belief. Oh, I don't have enough time in my day to incorporate movement, limiting belief, right? And you can call people on those things and having you obviously have someone close, but calling you on those things really helps to broaden that awareness as well. Um, and so I love doing that in meetings. I work with, I teach naturopathic doctors as well. So I have a course where I train them. And so often they will make these statements. Um, so we obviously both love practitioners, but we do this with our patients as well, but they, they'll make these statements. And I'm like, no, you are limiting what you think your, like your potential is. And mm. so it's, it's really cool to see that in yourself. And if that's something that even just for today, even just for an hour, you listen to yourself and you hear the things you say, there's so many limiting beliefs that if you just questioned it, like leading back to what we talked about earlier, and it was just, is that true? Right. Is that, I think it's Byron Katie who has like the four questions and we can get into that at some point, but one of them is, is that true? Right. Is it real for you right now? Absolutely. It's real for you, but is it true? And it's like, maybe yeah. not. Um, and there's so many opportunities that we have in a day to, to change our mindsets and change how we think just with those couple questions. And that's the thing, neurologists and neuropsychologists, they all say that we, we've got a negativity bias and it's all part of the survival mechanism. And, and so, as you say, and, and it just reminds me of a few clients I've been talking to recently about different things. And um, sometimes that, there's an, if they're having a bad day, you know, you can hear the negative um, slant in their conversation. And I was talking about creating um, reasonable and, you know, proper practice techniques and how we can just bring that into their workday. And this one person said, oh, my boss is going to kill me if I do that. And it was basically just doing a recalibration of their pelvis at their standing desk. And I said, oh, now with a mindset mindfulness approach here, couldn't we take those negative comments and turn them into a question? So I'm going to ask you, is your boss really going to kill you for standing there and tilting your pelvis back and forth to find neutral so that you're not staying in a stress posture and it's holding tension in your back? And she went, not really. You know, and so, but I know, and that sounds so simple, but can you see that if we stop and we take a statement, it might be something like, I'm not going to make my deadline. And you go, actually, am I going to make my deadline? You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's changing it. So it's going from a subconscious, you know, we talked about um, Viktor Frankl going from slowing down, noticing that space. And before we go into a subconscious reactive action, just stopping and going, actually, let me just stop. And if I ask myself a question, I'm using the prefrontal cortex, the front part of my brain, which is all about reasoning and questioning. Um, and, and that's the part, that's the learning, that's the emotional intelligence. That's what we really want to condition and create that space, as Viktor Frankl says. Absolutely. And even for me, in the beginning, when I was really starting to work on this practice, I wore an elastic on my wrist. Yeah. Because sometimes it's really hard. It's really hard to take that pause when you're so used to flying at 150 miles an hour. And so I would literally just notice a limiting belief, snap the elastic. It would shock my mind enough that I was like, okay, no, I need to reframe that. Um, and if, again, we're not perfect in this, but no. these are just little things that you can do to be like, I'm choosing to think differently. I'm choosing a different perspective um, because that's fundamentally where things happen. 
It is. And, and that's the thing is that um, if I talk about my mentor again, I remember the first time I met him years ago and we started just talking about things. He said to me, right, we're going to talk about mindset before we talk about business. And I went, really? Why do we no, want to no, do that no, no, for? No. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is this? You know? And at that point I had a very um, limited view of what mindset was, thought it was some sort of new agey, wacky thing or whatever. And he, he said to me, you know, for like 20 years, 30 years, I've been talking about this in business situations. He said, now it's all talking about. He said, can you imagine what it was like years ago talking about mindset? But he said to me, if you don't get your mindset right, every time you do anything in business uh, and also in life, you're going to keep hitting that brick wall. And he said, it's about 80% mindset and 20% like procedures and policies and that sort of thing. And at the time I thought, again, I'll listen to him, but he's so right. And it comes into everything, doesn't it? And, and that really is why we feel so passionate about this. And this is why we've put it first. Because if we can just challenge our limiting beliefs, and often these have just come from childhood, haven't they? Our parents have had a certain way. We thought that that was the way. And our parents raised us and, and in the very best possible way they can. But sometimes they've picked up on limiting beliefs from their parents and their parents may have been during the wartime. So there's things like trauma that have basically influenced and changed the way that they view the world. So it's only now that we're starting to understand more about mindset and starting to realize that we have great respect and appreciation for the way that we were raised, but we also challenge some of those limiting beliefs because we start to see other opportunities when we take ourselves away from a stress response into actually stopping and creating that space and looking more objectively. Absolutely. And even when you talk about the like transgenerational impacts, there's so much research now mm. um, that showing impacts for multiple generations in terms of mindset, perception, stress, right? As much as I, I love to gently educate around this, but we all live our lives and do our best, but the impacts of different levels of stress on a mother during pregnancy has long-term implications, right? And these implications, that's why we talk about the changes that are possible. And we talk about like all of the neuroplasticity because these changes are not permanent. Epigenetic changes are that they're not genetic, they're modifiable. Mm. Um, but the awareness around these things can be so huge because yeah, like evidence is showing that there's impacts and even just something like the evidence behind gratitude practices. We haven't talked a lot about that in, in mindset, but the impact that just a moment of gratefulness and there's something called the five minute journal. And I guess I'm going to plug them because I already did, but I love, they have an app, they have a written book that just take, gets you to take two minutes of your day, five minutes of your day, and just think about things you're grateful for and think about one or two things you'd want to improve. Um, it can be so huge in terms of modifying those long-term factors too. It's true. And it's interesting, like we've tried to implement here at work with that gratitude and we do it at home. We've been doing that for quite a few years with that gratitude and it makes such a difference because it started off with three. We used to list three things at the end of the day we were grateful for. Now we've gone to five and we always have a challenge that we make sure we're not repeating something from the day before. Um, but it's, it's also just, um, it's changing that negativity bias back to something active and proactive. And of course, as we know that there's so much um, consolidation at night as our brain cells, they're all pruning, there's certain areas that are pruning and we're keeping certain areas fresh and getting rid of a lot of metabolic waste and other rubbish. If we finished our day with an, a gratitude discussion or um, just looked at something that's actually to work on our mindset and focus, 
And I'm being realistic here. It's not always going to work when we've got a screaming baby or you've got kids that have got to finish homework and you've got a pile of washing to do. But you know what? If we can just create five minutes at the end of the day just to do something like that, when we go to bed, we've finished our day with a great mindset, great frame, and then a lot of work is going on neurologically when we're asleep cleaning away the last fresh things we did was that positivity practice so when we wake up the next day um we've we've started with a whole new framework and actually neuroplasticity wise a whole new neural landscape if we keep working on the gratitude positivity side of things um it makes a difference doesn't it and it's funny that you say like we have to be realistic when you have a screaming baby or kids that have homework it may not be doable but i Personally, I'm going to argue that those are the periods of time that they, it has to be most doable. My child, I love to pieces. He is a screaming human. I call him my spicy baby. Um, (laughs) But for the first six weeks of his life, he only slept on a body and he cried a lot. And that was our reality. And there were so many moments where I, I was anxious because of postpartum anxiety is a thing, everyone. Your hormones are changing so dramatically. Inflammation is changing so dramatic. Everything's changing and your life is changing. And there are so many moments where I literally said to my husband, I think we've ruined our lives. And as soon as I would say that, he would give me a look because my husband, I love him to death. He's very connected. Um, But he would give me a look or say something that just reminded me that no, I need to focus on gratitude. I have a beautiful, healthy baby. And I would say that, I would literally say that to myself. I would close my eyes and I would be like, I have a beautiful, healthy baby who has a biological need for comfort right now. And that is okay. And I would just remind myself. And then I would focus on all the things I was grateful for. I was grateful for the fact that I had a healthy delivery. I was grateful for how strong I felt in my body. I was grateful for such a strong partner and such an amazing dad. And I would just reframe those. And that I think that yeah. kept my postpartum anxiety super manageable with herbs, right? And I was able to move through that within a month or so, where some women, it takes so long. And obviously there's so many biochemical things that go into that. There's so much that goes into that. And I'm not talking about postpartum depression. That's a very different discussion here. But sometimes it's those moments where everything feels overwhelming that we actually need the five minutes more than we do on a day-to-day basis. And, and I think that's a really good point as well, because... Um, it's also you're transitioning into a different phase of your life now. Yeah. So the, the Sarah that you were before is still there, but you're having to is adapt. She, no. <laughs> yeah, of course she is. <laughs> but you know, but she's still there. But it's just now you've got this little man who's who's oh my goodness, comes into the world. You don't have an instruction manual. You're supposed to work out what every cry possibly means. And I'm you're a dynamic people, and this was hard. <laughs> I mean, I this all day long. And it was still hard. <laughs> and that's the thing. And like, and also with your husband, dynamics change there as well. And sleep deprivation is one of the is a form of torture as it is. So if you think about it, you've got all this happening um, hormonally. You said yourself how things are shifting and changing. And so really, again, and we've been talking about this before we recorded, didn't we? How we've got to stand back and just think to ourselves again that mindfulness practice of just identifying. Again, there's that space, stopping and thinking. Actually. I'm doing all right considering earlier this year it was coasting I had all these ideas of what I want to do and sometimes it's not going to work like that um but that's I actually think when you get those big events like you've had and I've had other things happen that it gives you so much more empathy 
you know, mm-hmm. you can, you've actually been there. Um, and, you, and I think that's when you start realizing, that's why I said before, life isn't black and white. We've kind of g- give each other a, lot, a bit of slack because you know what? Life is hard. And we, it's just the way that we can start to change our mindset and bring in that mindfulness so that even though it's, it's a tough world sometimes, that actually we can become resilient because we can't change things that are going on around us, but we can change our internal environment. So the way that we react or the way we respond, there are things and we we, you know, we're talking briefly here, but as these podcasts go on, we'll, we'll develop it more. So, um, but should we just have a quick little tea break, go to a little commercial break and we'll be back shortly just to talk a little bit more on mindset. Sarah here. Do you love what you're learning? Do you want to take your health to the next level? In addition to my book on weight loss resistance, Finally Lose It, I'm developing a number of masterclasses on the evidence-based treatment of some troublesome women's health issues. We are going to cover hair loss, acne, how to support your body for preconception and through pregnancy, and so much more. To find out more, follow me on Instagram at drsarah__nd or go to advancedwomenshealth.ca slash podcast to be the first to find out when they're released. So welcome back to the Really Well Women podcast series with Heidi Hadley and Sarah Wilson. So Sarah, we've talked a lot about mindset and what we're going to do in this part of the podcast is just start to wrap things up. And as we said, it's all about proactive measures. So we want to give people things to take away that they can start working on and also realistic um, goals and focuses and approaches from here. So would you like me to start off with what we were discussing and my sort of takeaway points and we can always go on from there and mention yours too? Take it away. Cool. All right. So remember I talked about the reticular activating system. So that's the part of our brain that filters everything. So that was the expression on you hear what we focus on grows. So that's why it's really important that we become very selective about what we read, what we listen to, um, what we watch on the television. And also I put into that thinking about now social media. Mm -hmm. because it's a big big way isn't it and of course there's lots of research showing that there's a lot of anxiety associated with social media and you know in in like clinical somatics we talk about how we want to be very mindful and aware of our own mental faculties and our health so if we start comparing ourselves to others it becomes a very negative um, brain space or to, to live in so yeah the first one i'd say is what we focus on grows so to be very selective about that Um, I think the next thing when I'd say really is about paying attention to how your mindset is actually influencing all these physiological processes. So this is where we're starting to bring in the mindset and the mindfulness practice, because if you're looking at how your mindset is, is operating either in a very anxious, fearful state, you'll start to see shifts and changes in say your breathing, maybe palpitations, digestive function, reproductive system, because all those areas, which we'll discuss at a later date, are all linked with an anxiety stress response. So again, we want to look, is our mindset starting to affect our physiological um, activities? And if that's the case, then we need to bring in actions of mindfulness to help to recenter. And again, we will discuss mindfulness as we go along because it's so important for everything, really. And then my favorite out of all of these, and we were saying before we started recording, I always make sure that I try and ask myself this before I'm about to have a discussion about something in particular. And I always say that we need to be guards or security guards at the door of our mind. And every time we're about to discuss something either to others or sometimes just to start considering something, we ask ourselves, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? 
So I think as soon as you stop, remember I talked about how we change a statement to become a question, we start using the prefrontal cortex. So that part of our brain, which is part of emotional intelligence and that rational thinking, and we stop it from becoming a subconscious, habitual reflection, you know, a reflex response to maybe a limiting belief that we've always had or that negativity bias to actually developing more of a growth mindset. Perfect. And my first one, I'm actually going to play off of yours because I want people to not only, we hear all the time, watch what you're watching and filter that. But in the past few years, I've gotten really real with the sensations in my body when I'm feeling, and that sounds very woo, but just like check into yourself for a hot minute when the news is on. And I have found that when the news is on, I, I cleanse, like tense my muscles. And even like the last time I saw my doctor, she was like, your jaw's really tight. Maybe you should watch like what you're watching and what you're looking at. And if you're tensing your jaw in that moment. Um, so just take a moment to, to check in. I also know that there are certain people who I have unfollowed, but in my feed that caused that comparison. And so I will compare myself to them if I'm scrolling through social media and I automatically get this pit in my stomach that I'm not enough. And so obviously those people have done nothing wrong. I don't want to say that they have, they've done nothing wrong. It's my response and my reaction. So yes, I'm working on that, which is why I have two therapists and a life coach. But (laughs) I also have chosen to mute those channels or unfollow those people because I don't need that response. And so sometimes it's just about being aware and mindful and this is also something that's really important to teach your children, right? Because they're going to be raised in a world that has so much more exposure than we've ever had. So that's my first one is just check into your body and see how you're feeling in those responses. Cause it's, it sounds woo, but it is not. And you will be shocked about how those sensations carry forward into the rest of your day. Um, which it's, there was a research article of something like three minutes of bad news changed people's perception for the rest of the day. It's shocking. It's shocking. And I'll always go back to evidence because I find it so fascinating and shocking and because it puts into perspective what we're facing. But this is just an example. So that's my first one. My second one is going to be the five minute journal or some kind of gratitude practice where you're just taking a moment to focus on what you're grateful for in the context of life. And some days this is going to be really small things, right? If you're, if you're having a bad day and I'll tell people, if you're having a rough day, you can say, I'm grateful for the fact that I have the opportunity to drink clean water. And this can be bigger things like, which I have to really pull away from using this one so much, but I am so grateful for my husband. And if he listens to this, he's going to blush and laugh, but he is the he's the yin to my gang. He is the person who calms me down, who grounds me, who puts everything into perspective for me. And I gotta love me a Latino because he's from Ecuador. But he's really balances me out. And I always go back to that. So it can be big things as well, right? Yeah. So that's my second one. And my third one is just that limiting beliefs and catching yourself in the day to day. I think I think women there's so much that we can perceive works against us in society and glass ceilings and all of that. But I think so often we also just carry these limiting beliefs about those things and about the roles that we have seen women in, in the past and what we're capable of. And so many times I catch myself being like, Oh, well, I'm a mom now. Can I run a busy successful clinic? Can I have this? Can I have that? And I'm like, no, I need to be the person 
to set that example for someone else so that they can step into their power as well. And so it's just catching yourself in those limiting beliefs. And whether you snap a bracelet or whether you just are mindful of it and you have a, a timer on your phone. Um, like I have things set in my calendar, for example, that pop up to remind me to reflect on different things. Because it's so hard when you're so busy to be like, what is my limiting belief right now? But I actually have reminders that are like, okay, check in. What is, what's going through your mind right now? Is this a limiting belief? And so we can do those things too. So it's, brilliant. it's, yeah, it's so awesome how we can use technology, right? Yeah. It can work against us, but it can also work with us in so many ways. So yeah. those are, those are my top three. And, and I was just going to say, I'm um, just weaving in with that, how you say how great technology is, because that was great having those three points and you can see how they start to marry into each other through our points that we mentioned. But I thought we could take advantage in a positive and a good way with the um, technology by saying that even from this moment on, if anybody has got any questions um, that they'd like us to discuss in any future podcast, we're more than happy to, because as I said, we're here to serve you. We want to make this as relevant as possible to everybody that's listening. Um, and as time goes on, we've got lots of exciting things that we want to show you and develop. And at some point in the future, all get together so that we can do things as a group in person. Um, so there's lots that we want to do. But what we'll make sure is that we um, we start to make sure that there's a, a way that you can get to us. So we've got links uh, with our websites and we'll make sure that that is all available. Absolutely. And like you said, we're here to serve you. We want to take care of you, which is also why the next topic that we're going to cover in this series is stress, because that's one of the number one things we hear from our clients and patients is how much the influence of stress has on their health and their well-being. And it's just so foundational to not take away your stress, but change how you think about it. Huh? mindset and also remove all of the easy stresses because we think about mental emotional stress but blood sugar imbalances is a stress inflammation is a stress there's so many other things um even just how you stand can cause a stress response in your body so we'll get into all of those easy things too so that you can feel so much better in your day-to-day -day life and fundamentally feel like the best version of yourself which is what we all want and I think the biggest challenge for us, Sarah, is trying to keep it down to about 20 minutes because we absolutely, we love our subject and anybody that knows us knows that at times we have to rein it in. So that's going to be our challenge through this entire podcast series, isn't it? Because as you mentioned that, I'm thinking, oh, there's so much more I want to mention. So and, and we, promise, we promise over time we will break this up so you've got all this information, but in digestible um, pieces. So can't wait to keep sharing this information with everybody. Can you? So no, cool. I know. It's so exciting. And on that note, we will let you all go, but always reach out to us, social media, websites, whatever way you want to, we want to bring you the best of both of our worlds. And we're so excited to answer your questions and come along for the ride with you. Oh, take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also, spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.